0: Welcome back to episode number 241 of the Dust Safety Science Podcast. This is the podcast where we're building a global community around process safety and industries handling combustible dust. I'm your show host, Dr. Chris Cloney. In today's episode, we're answering the help desk question, do cyclones need explosion protection in the wood industry? So these help desk episodes are based on actual questions that we get through our help desk at dustsafetyscience.com or they're asked through LinkedIn or they're asked through email of questions that the audience have that are working industries handling combustible dust. In this case, the podcast episode is based on the answer to the question, is there a clear-cut standard when it comes to wood dust and cyclones regarding explosion protection? This was a request that came in through the help desk a few weeks ago, and the person making the request went on to add that from their working understanding, a cyclone, for lack of a better term, is just a fancy piece of duct, the same way the dropout box would be. And they were looking to see, is that true from the NFPA 664 perspective on combustible wood dust? And if so, or if not, then what does that mean for them in terms of explosion protection? So we're going to go through that topic in this episode. And first off, I don't want to by any way downplay the knowledge of the individual making the request. There's, there's two pieces here. One, I commend them for reaching out and starting a discussion on this. I'm sure there'll be folks listening to this podcast going, I have no idea how NFPA handles cyclones in wood industry. So it's important to reach out to start the discussion. That's not the point of this episode to criticize them at all. And the second point, and this is probably more important, until just the last year or two with NFPA link, and being able to search all the NFPA documents at once to understand these sort of things, there was no way to answer a question like this. You would have to have read all thousands of pages of the NFPA 664 document, NFPA 662, maybe not thousands, but hundreds and hundreds of pages in those two documents alone, understand each single line, understand where cyclones are referenced, understand how they're handled. So not only is it a great idea to reach out and ask these questions, they weren't even answerable up until not too long ago until NFPA link came out. You could do some searching, you could do some tagging, um, start to understand what keywords are in the documents throughout the entire thing. So without that, we wouldn't be able to answer this help desk question. I would have to sit down and read for days to figure out what are all the ways in which cyclones are, are mentioned in NFPA 664 and 62, or rather 652, and it's just not feasible to understand and relay that sort of information. So those two points there, this is not in any way uh, derogatory or anything towards this person who made the request. I just want to share that because that's probably a common question that's asked by the audience that's listening to this or one of your clients that's listening to this. And I'm hoping that you can take away the answers to that question from this podcast episode from our team's search of 664 and uh, 652 on this topic. We're going to cover what is the definition of a cyclone in NFPA 664? What other requirements are in 664 for cyclones? How is the assessment for explosion protection handled in the NFPA documents? How is the assessment of explosion protection handled for ducting? There's an important point here. There's a mention that's the same way as a kind of duct might be handled. How is a duct supposed to be handled? That's probably an important question to ask. We'll talk about it in here. We'll close with an example from NFPA 652 from Annex B. Where they give an example, dust hazard analysis, and actually walk through specifically for a cyclone, what kind of considerations go into understanding if explosion protection would be needed here. So let's start at the start. What is the definition of a cyclone as per NFPA 664? So we're going to start with 664, which is the standard for the prevention of fires and explosions in wood processing and woodworking facilities. And in the definitions in the front matter, it defines a cyclone underneath the definition for a dust collector. So it says cyclone is a cylindrical type of dust collector used to separate particulate from the airstream by centrifugal force, having this closure of circular cross-section, a tangential air and material inlet, an air material, area exhaust outlet, and a material discharge. And that's put underneath the definition of dust collector. The definition of dust collector is an air material separator, an AMS, used to separate the material from the airstream, including but not limited to cyclones. Built their media type bag houses and enclosureless units as well. So that's the first point here is that a cyclone is specifically defined as a type of dust collector in NFPA 664. They do show a schematic in the appendix A.3.3.12.1 on what an example a cyclone would look like, showing the air inlet, the support stand, material discharge, air exhaust, outlet, sort of a standard configuration. And know that there are other acceptable configurations you might come across as well. So that's in the definitions chapter, which is three of six sixty-four and subsection three point three point twelve for dust collectors and three point three point twelve point one for cyclones. So right away we get the idea that um, explosion protection should be considered for a cyclone much more like you'd think about for a dust collector rather than ducting, although. Downplaying the importance of, of explosion protection inducting, as we will see as we come to the end of this episode, is also might be, or is a mistake rather, in terms of the NFPA requirements as well. Just to give a, a base concept of a cyclone, it's treated much more like a dust collector, defined as like a dust collector in the NFPA standards. Before we get into how we would tackle explosion protection here, I just want to talk about some of the other requirements that NFPA-664 puts on cyclones as well. So there's really three of these, and these are covered in Chapter 9 on hazard management, on mitigation and prevention. First is spark detection in rotary dryers. The second is ignition sources in general, and in particular, lightning strikes, cyclones on the roof. And the third is for pre-cleaners and air exchange with those. So we'll cover those. In section 9.3.9.2.2, talks about rotary dryers. It says a rotary dryer shall have automatic spark detection and extinguishing systems installed between the drum dryer and downstream material handling equipment, such as cyclones or wind boxes. So in addition to the general explosion protection, there's some requirements here for rotary dryers for spark detection systems between the rotary dryers and the cyclones that are downstream from those rotary dryers as well. So the other requirement here, the lightning strike one I mentioned is in Appendix 9.4.7. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but it just says particular attention should be paid to the potential for a lightning strike on roof-mounted dust collector cyclones and ductwork. It goes on to talk a bit about the impulse generated by lightning strikes. Just that there's some considerations there. If you have roof-mounted systems, you will need to consider the ignition scenario where those are struck by lightning and what that might cause inside the ducting, inside the facility, and likewise for ignition sources. Then the third statement here on other requirements is 9.3.5.4.4. And that's that air from cyclone pre-cleaners located outside the building, having air capacity of 5,000 cubic feet per minute or less should be permitted to be ducted Directly to enclosureless dust collectors located within the building. And so that's a really specific requirement inside of the equipment de- design subsection of the hazard management chapter, specifically handling recycling of air material separator, clean air exhaust, and the use of cyclones in those systems. Before going on talking about the explosion protection side of things, how is that handled for cyclones and dust collectors? Also, make a note that cyclones are also mentioned under. Section six on performance-based design under the section called deflagration scenarios, and it states that any each duct, enclosed conveyor silo, bunker, cyclone, dust collector, or other vessel containing combustible dust, sufficient quantity or conditions to support the propagation of a deflagration flame and a credible igniter front under normal operating conditions shall be included as a deflagration scenario. So this I want to make a point there. Then under performance-based design, there's specific callout to cyclones to be included in deflagration scenarios there. Let's turn our attention a bit to, okay, we, we see that a cyclone is really treated as a dust collector in NFPA 664, that there are some additional requirements for things like clean air exhaust for specific systems, specific requirements of spark detection on rotary dryers for covering lightning strikes of the cyclones on the roof. There are some other additional requirements here. But talking about explosion protection, then we've pretty much identified that the cyclones cannot be ruled out in terms of consideration for deflagration scenarios. What you're going to end up with is most likely in section 9.7.1.2. So 9.7 is explosion prevention and protection. And then point 1.2 is dust collectors with deflagration hazards. And this lays out the requirements for dust collectors with a deflagration hazard, having a dirty side volume greater than eight cubic feet It says that they shall be designed and constructed in accordance with one of the following options. And I think there are five options altogether. The first option is building it strong enough to withstand the maximum unbended deflagration pressure. The second option is to provide a deflagration suppression system as per NFPA 69. Third option is to equip it with deflagration relief vents in accordance with NFP 68. Fourth option is to locate the dust collector outdoors in a location where it represents minimum, minimal exposure to personnel and the public at large. And that gives you, I guess, your, your four options for deflagration control for dust collectors that are larger than eight cubic feet and cyclones that are larger than eight cubic feet. There's a fifth statement here on enclosureless dust collectors. and says that they shall be permitted without additional explosion protection requirements. I'm not going to go into that because you have to go look up enclosure enclosureless dust collectors. and Make sure you understand the cases with which they can actually be used at the end of the day. And we've covered that on the podcast before. It's kind of a complex topic as well. So we're not going to address that here, but there's a whole pile of other considerations for those dust collectors when they might be in compliance, when they might be a good or bad idea. And yeah, there's, there's a whole bunch there. So Before we, we move on to the example here in NFPA 652, I want to circle back to ducting because the original question was, oh, we should just treat it like ducting. Um, well, how are ducts treated in terms of NFPA 664 and explosion hazards? So this is specifically covered in section 9.7, again, Explosion Prevention and Protection, subsections 1.1, and it covers ducts with a deflagration hazard. It says, ducts having deflagration hazard shall be designed, constructed, and installed pursuant to one of the following. And there are six points here. And they kind of mirror the same as dust collectors. So you can make it strong enough to withstand the maximum vented deflagration pressure. That's your first option. Section option is deflagration suppression. Third option is deflagration relief vents, as per NFPA 68. Fourth option is venting as well, but with a flame quenching device or flameless vent attached. And then the last two options cover ducting outdoors, which can be vented uh, without a a flameless vent. And the last one is, again, metal ducts that are located outdoors and have weaker construction shall be permitted to be used subject to a risk analysis susceptible to the authority having jurisdiction. So the whole point, the point that I want to put across here was even ducting needs to be considered in your dust hazard analysis as a deflagration hazard. So a lot of the time, the ducting on a weaker construction, especially the flanging of the ducts or the flanging between the ducts and the, the vessels that they're attached to, which is where you'll get the flame ejecting. You usually get a large flame ball and that can be in a, a populated area. And a lot of time that will be a, a main cause of loss of impact on personnel in a dirt deflagration event. I just want to put that out there. The ducting needs to be analyzed as a node in your dust hazard analysis to understand whether or not there are explosion hazards and if they're protected inside that ducting at your site as well. So that's it for NFPA-664. Those are all the things covering cyclones and how they're treated within that NFPA standard. I do want to close out by turning our attention to NFPA-652 and specifically Annex B of NFPA-652, which has an example dust hazard analysis. I'm going to read some of this verbatim because there's some really good points here. So, this starts in section B or appendix B.4.5.4, dot 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 4, location four, which is the cyclone in this example. And it says that cyclones are designed to use particulate inertia to separate the particulate from the comet's air. Deflagrations can occur in cyclones. Cyclones potentially concentrate particulate near the perimeter of the cyclone. Cyclones also cause the large particles to separate from the fine material. Both these factors increase the likelihood that a portion of the volume within the cyclone will have conditions sufficient for a deflagration. And then there's kind of a nice sort of little picture, but you probably get from the way I explained it what they're talking about there, is the dust can concentrate around the edges of the cyclone, the outer edges, and that's where you can get your deflagration, your concentration above the minimum explosible concentration. So the example goes to ask a couple questions, is the material itself combustible or deflagrable? Is this suspended in air? Yes. Say Let's say yes in both of these cases. Definitely yes in suspended in air. And if it's not a combustible dust, well, then we're not in this dust hazard analysis to begin with. Goes on to say, is there sufficient concentration to propagate a flame front? And it goes to say, probably, and that translates to a yes. I like that statement. Probably, and that translates to a yes. This depends on the quantity of fine deflagrable particulate per unit mass of total particulate moved and the volume of air to move it. Calculations should be reformed to determine if there's sufficient fine material per unit of air volume under the range of operating conditions to achieve a concentration of deflagrable particulate in excess of the minimum exposable concentration and render the cyclone explosion hazard. So That's really what you'd be looking at to understand, is there a potential explosion hazard in your particular cyclone? It's so understanding the material moving requirements, the air moving requirements. If you can get a concentration above the MEC of that dust in that cyclone does go on to ask, are the common ignition sources available? Um, generally, you're going to have the possibility here of sucking in hot material into the cyclone. So that's most likely a yes, because um, a couple more points on that as well. And then it goes on to ask what hazard management is in place. Cyclone should be equipped with deflagration hazard management. It usually takes the form of venting and isolation. but might also take the form of deflagration suppression and isolation. It is possible that a rotary airlock at the base of cyclone is sufficient to serve as an isolation device. If the system is shut down and there's burning material in the hopper section, the base of the cyclone, how is this managed? Most explosions result from deflagrations that are initiated by ongoing fires. Is there fire detection in place? What if a plan, what is the plan if fire is detected? And for example, dumping burning material into the silo is not an option. So this gives a couple of points there. But I just want to give one, some of the context. You can go read that example for yourself. And I'd, I'd imagine that'd be a useful exercise if you have questions about cyclones and explosion protection and how that all works. I also recommend you work with a you know an expert in this area if you're going to be doing those calculations yourself. You don't want to kind of stick your finger in the area and guess whether or not there's a deflagrable dust concentration in those dust collectors, uh, or in those cyclones rather. You you're, don't want to find out the hard way that there is, especially in terms of isolation. Uh, if you get an explosion that starts in the cyclone, propagates elsewhere, that can be a really challenging scenario to deal with because the traditional explosion protection, say, in your dust collector that's connected to or your processing device may not work anymore because of the pre-piling and turbulence generation in that ducting between the cyclone and that processing vessel as well. We've covered that on the podcast before, things like pressure piling and turbulence generation. The whole point is that you need to isolate these types of systems and ensure that you don't have a deflagration start in them or propagate into them as well. So that's it for how cyclones are handled within NFPA 664 for combustible wood dust answering the question around do they need explosion protection in the wood industry? Again, this was a help desk question that came in through DustSafetyScience.com. I really appreciate the person who reached out and asked this. I hope we helped answer their question um, by gathering all this information from the NFPA standards. I really hope we helped answer your question as well if you had questions around this topic on what's there. I tried to give the standard numbers you can always go to nfpa.org slash the standard number 664 or 62 652 and you can see a free version of the standard document. If you go to the numbers that I referenced on the newest version at August 2023, then you'll likely see the statements I've been talking about in this episode. So in this episode, we covered the definition of a cyclone in 664, what other requirements are there for ignition considerations and other considerations in wood handling industries, how the assessment is performed for explosion protection on dust collectors, how the assessment of exposure protection is handled for ducting and also close out with example for the considerations of a dust hazard analysis on these types of equipment as well. And I'll just close up by saying, if you have any questions um, about combustible dust, we're a great resource, I guess, to try to get this answered. You can always email myself at chris at dustsafety hold Get hold of one of our team members there. And we'd be happy to dig into the standards to pull out the specific terminology, specific information that's important to you um, and help make your facility safe at the end of the day. So as always, I want to say thank you for listening to the Dust Safety Science Podcast. I hope you have a safe and productive week ahead. I appreciate everything you're doing in industries industry's handling of dust, making them safer with the work you do out there every day. Keep it up.